Welcome to the Theatre of Others podcast. My name is Adam Marple, and I'm the co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing a shutdown and re-evaluation of space and gathering, we at the Theatre of Others are thinking about what stories we need and how best we can share them. We believe space is psychology, and it informs the way in which an audience interacts and reacts to what is presented to them. We create uniquely theatrical events in bespoke sensory performance spaces crafted to encourage curiosity and grant the audience permission to commune with the play. Now that that space has moved online, how can we encourage interaction and action amongst an audience virtually? The Theatre Brothers produces plays that both welcome and challenge the audience. We are committed to international collaboration and are a laboratory that helps artists grow through intensive study of their craft. The Theatre Brothers creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purpose of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question, to join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task, and it requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? On the podcast today from Melbourne, Australia, our co-artistic directors, Woody Miller, and myself in Cairo, Egypt. This podcast contains explicit language. Hi, Adam. Hi, Booty. How are you going? I'm all right. How are you, my friend? I'm really good. I'm really good. All right. Today's Kajankly One. Uh, Okay. And that means? That means it's conjunction day in Bali. It's the it's where all of the calendars, all the different calendars that they use meet in the same intersection. And it's a place that you charge your spiritual objects specifically for art. So your masks, your instruments, your wood carving tools, your paintings. It's a really good day for art. It's a really good day for making art. So we're having a fabulous pack podcast on Kajenkli One. And I also had um, some masks um, uh, blessed today because I'm going off to the States to do some work. And I've got some new masks that I'm going to be working with, actors with. And um, now they're ready to go. Now they're ripping and roaring and ready to go. (laughs) They arrived today, you know, serendipitously on Kajenkli One. Yay! So do you send them do you send them there or do you still take them with you cuz I know you've got oh, a I thousand trunks. Okay. Yeah, no, I take them with me. I take them with me. Oh, is that Kali? Yeah. Yeah, that's her. Oh, good. Obama's answering. That's fantastic. That's not Obama. That's, that's actually Obama's cousin. That's Obama's cousin, oh, okay. Oscar. <laughs> named, oh. named after the Academy Award. Um Obama, right. <laughs> Obama is uh, Obama's at work. You know he has his play dates on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so he's out with. His oh, crew. sorry, I, I, I don't actually know your dog's schedule. I don't keep up with with <laughs> his goings and his goings and comings and beings and doings. No, I don't. How very dare you! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. It's 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 really hard to get a hold of your goings and comings as well, you know, Mister. I'm in Cairo. I'm in Australia. Like trying to get a hold of you is so difficult. But we're just that international kind of company, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was it was interesting to wake up to 61 text messages this morning. That was real fun. From whom? <laughs> From you trying to schedule another meeting for another for another thing that we're doing. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. You know. You know I what? You know, know. what? I think I think I think what needs to happen is we just need to just like invite our company onto the podcast and just that's how we can get them to show up. Sure, but you have to schedule everybody to be there at the same time and when we're in seven different time <laughs> Tell them Kali. See Kali's on my side. Yeah. Kali is on my side. Uh, Tell him Kali. Kali's on my side. You know what she's doing? She's she looking doing? at the oven, the glass on the oven, and barking mm-hmm. at herself. That's what she's yeah. doing. Yeah, that that's that sounds about right. That's what Obama does too. She's actually going, "Oh my god, you look amazing! Oh my god, I look so good." Yeah, you know what? You know what I was thinking? I was thinking mm-hmm. we need to get we need to get doggy merch. Doggy merch. Oh yes, we do. 
I would totally, totally. <laughs> I know you Obama would. and some doggy merch, hundred percent. But I have to convince. I know you actually let me get it. I would just have to get it and then put it on on the dog. Obama would probably be like one of those dogs that like you know you you put clothes on them and they go they just like freeze. They're like that would totally be Obama. Obama would they be don't like, know what, what to do are with you it? doing yeah. to me? What are you yeah. doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> I got my mug today. I saw it. I saw it. I think everybody on Instagram saw it as well. Fantastic. Did they? Wow. Yeah, I got su- my su- I got my Theater Brothers mug. I'm surprised that that was the first thing that arrived. I was surprised that it okay, I was like, what's this? I actually didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this? This is what I love. I love this yeah. is why I love like shopping online because when you get things in the mail, it's like, oh my god, I have mail. What is it? I, what did I buy? I can't remember. Did someone send me something? And then it was the glorious theater of others mug. Now all of my yeah. sipping dreams will come true. And so when I'm drinking my gin and tonic, <laughs> I can drink it. Dreams. <laughs> Your sipping dreams. Yeah, because yeah. I gotta. You know, I gotta get my sip on before I get my bitch on. So when I'm, you know, I'm gonna be that classic, that classic uh, uh, teacher at school drinking, drinking my gin and tonic out of my, um, out of my. Um, my theater of others mug. So we have a really special day today, don't we, Adam? Eh, possibly. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, but you know, it's not, it's not, you know, a given that it's going to be fantastic. Usually it is with these guys, but you know, could all go pear shaped later on. But holding out hope, fingers crossed. I call shade. I call shade. Well, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary conforming individuals, we have two very, 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 very special people on the podcast. I, 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 I don't feel appropriate. I don't feel like it's appropriate for us to say that they're guests. They're family. They're family. <laughs> They've been on here before. They're here every day. <laughs> they're here every day. Erday. They're here every day. Erday. Erday. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give. Uh, a raucous, roaring applause for... Oh, maybe maybe Jack can give us some applause. Jack, can you give oh, us an applause God. at this moment? And cue the applause. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so Welcome. Yay! Welcome, Jack Bermister and Galtney, Stephen Galtney. Yay! Stephen Galtney, our resident dramaturg and writer, and Jack Bermister, our lighting, lighting designer. Our lighting designer. I sound Congratulations, I, Jack. I, he's the jack of all trades. Sound designer yeah. and composer. <laughs> jack Burmester, a.k.a. Jakina, a.k.a. Ask Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we still need to do that. I was thinking We're going to do that. Day. Mm. I was like, oh, Ask Jack is booty. Yes, we have to do that. We have to do that. Hi, boys. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey. Yeah, I guess we really need to bring our A-game today because... Adam says that, says that nothing is a given. So I, I think I need to well, stretch. Wait, 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 wait. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> wait, so you weren't planning on bringing your A game until I said that? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I, I thought it that, should I always. That. You should always be bringing your A game. <laughs> mm. Well, now you've. You, I feel like I've walked into a trap now. So. Uh, yes, I always, gaslighting I always you. bring my A game. Yeah, gaslighting the tides you. have turned. Uh, yes. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why are you here? Okay, tell us why you're here. <laughs> why have you we come? We are here for a company <laughs> debrief on Booty's mm. PhD performance, Kool-Aid and Wine. They were here Yay. the whole time. Yay. I like that you put an H in there, Kool-Aid and Wine. Like it was Kool-Aid and some bitching that was happening. That was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Kool-Aid and wine. Wine. <laughs> so yes, everyone, I, I, we promised you that we would debrief on the air. And we have the whole crew here um, that worked on my PhD, PhD performance, Kool-Aid and wine. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your mama's PhD. This ain't your mama's PhD. So, where do we start, boys? I'm gonna. I got a question. Let's start with a question. How about that? 
Indeed. <laughs> What's your number? I am a. I am a. Kajunkly one. All prayed up. Nine point two eight. Ooh, that's high. That's high. Nine point two eight. I'm all prayed up. Indeed. Now, are we are we saying what we are today this morning, or are we talking about post the show? <laughs> Ooh, okay, so that's me today this morning. It's not morning for me though. It's afternoon. That's right. me today this afternoon. Um, post show, I am a fulfilled, released, aware. Open, clear, 10. All right. That's eight years, baby. We did it in eight years. We did that in eight years. Nice. Nice. You did it. What about y'all? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going with? Post show, or are we doing both, or we do both? Do both. You now okay, so right this now, afternoon I, post show. Right now, this afternoon in Melbourne, I am a healthy, <laughs> healthy eight. Uh, oh, well, when you came on to the show, Bucci, you said it was conjunction day, and I was like, oh my gosh, makes sense because I am currently in the thick of writing music for a project of yours for when you go overseas. Yes. Jack is writing an album, y'all. <laughs> Indeed. Well, last night I was flipping out. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but today, today I actually made some progress. Um, I started writing uh, music that I don't usually write. And it, it, it's kind of coming together. It's kind of a vibe, mm. not going to lie. And I was like, I'm on a roll. I'm feeling good. And... I haven't spent much money today. Which is- <laughs> um, post-show, I was, um, as my professional debut show, I couldn't have been happy with how it went after the final night. I learned so much about myself. I was really happy with how the design went. I was really happy with how all the elements glued together. And the reaction from the audience was just so fantastic. So I'm a 10. Yeah, baby. I was saving that 10, so... Yes, do you do were. Do you do. are. You are definitely. Do I do I do I do I? <laughs> well, um, um, oh no, no, uh, no. The pressure's go, on. Go, pressure's no, on. You sure? You sure? Go, Stephen. Go, Stephen. Go for it, Stephen. I, I okay. I can't. I can't decide what. Okay. Um, <laughs> so t- t- today, this evening slash morning, it's one. 25 a.m. in New York time. Uh, I am happy to see you, uh, but stretched a bit thin in life. As as Bilbo Baggins said, Brett, I think uh, uh, butter spread over too much bread. Uh, (laughs) 5.75, we'll go with that. It's a very, very busy time. We're, we're mm. uh, in the closing week of our final show of the season at the theater where I work. Um, so Where's the theater where you work? Going, uh, it's called Theater for a New Audience in Brooklyn. Uh, we are closing a fantastic play called Wedding Band by Alice Childress. Uh, it's all going very well, but it's also very, very busy. So uh, I am, I'm, I'm tired, but very happy to be here at the same time. So we'll go with 5.75. Uh, post-show, I'm trying to remember what I said in our kind of final private debrief. Um, I, I, I think it was some combination of uh, feeling very good about the work that we did and, and how far we, we came uh, with a little bit of uh, FOMO at, at having uh, watched you guys uh, commune from afar, but still very excited that you mm. could have, you were all there together that Adam was there uh but i uh and still like 
uh, I have, still haven't seen the final show. You know, I, I haven't seen the video. Uh, so, uh, but but I know that we made so much progress. Um, so I, I think it was, I want to say it was a nine. I feel like it was a nine. Ooh. I can't remember, but Ooh. I think it was a nine. That's high for you, boo. Yeah. That's very mm. high. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love it. <laughs> I I am I'm in a similar boat to Stephen in terms of uh, my my number this morning, as you can hear in the background. Um, so I'm I'm at a I'm at a four. Uh, tell me, I'm she's at saying, a four. She's calling you a liar. She's calling you a liar. She's calling you a liar. <laughs> Um, my, my day won't remain at a four. I'm sure as, as soon as this podcast is over with, she'll just be really lovely and sweet and quiet and everything else. But it's the same thing. It's like end of semester. I've got grades going on. I've got this crazy ass monster. Um, so four currently, but in terms of the show post show, um, I was really proud of y'all's work. Um, and really happy with the audience. I'm, you know, this is, this is the thing. I'm not watching you anymore. I'm watching the audience. I don't, you know, if you did well or you didn't do well, I don't know. I'm not watching you. Um, I'm watching, I am watching the audience. So, uh, I feel really good about their responses. They don't feel saccharine or, you know, oh, this is my teacher. I need to say this kind of thing. It, it, it really, I could tell with their bodies, when they were gelling with the show, when they weren't gelling with the show, when things in the space were helping them commune with you better. So I feel like, and I feel weird giving this number a nine. Um, I feel a nine after the show. Good child. We will take it, honey. And and, uh, spending time in Australia, seeing you after after all this time. so good. Being, so being in your presence was was lovely. Was lovely and healing. And then, uh, and then I'm back here. So yeah. Well, that's a really great start. <laughs> yeah. That, so what's our average? That's almost like an A plus. That's a nine point yeah. five. That's almost like that's a, a yeah. See, I was nervous about letting Adam go go last because I thought he was going to be like, you know, bring the bring, <laughs> bring the our average down, down. <laughs> bring it, bring our average down. <laughs> that, yeah, that was why I was almost like we got a bell you, curve you go, here. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, it is what it is. What it is. It, it is, is what, what it is. is. <laughs> okay, so my next question is, indeed, what did you learn? What did you learn from this process? What we did? I'll go first. I learned to trust my intuition. Like fully trust it. Like everything that uh, I did, all of you that are involved, every single part of this work, I went straight into my intuition. And I didn't, I didn't settle for anything other than what my intuition needed to have in this process. So, for example, I needed to have Galtney as my dramaturg. I needed to have Adam as my director. I needed to have Jack as my designer. That was that was that was a no brainer. Like that's my first choice. I was going to make it happen and I was going to coerce you in whatever <laughs> ways I could to make sure that happened. And then from there, it just, once again, it moved through the process of trusting my intuition, which was like, I know what the show should be. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I had a lot of story. It started with a lot of storytelling. Like I would tell, I told Jack a story, I told Adam a story, I told Galtney a story to get them interested in the story. And I remember there was a, there was one, there was one early, 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 early rehearsal when, when Galtney said, I understand what you, tr- I understand what you want to have happen. I'm interested to see how you do it. <laughs> And I think that's where it was like, yeah, me too. (laughs) 
But it wasn't, but it wasn't, but it, and that's what, those were the kind of questions that Galtney would all, often give me was like, okay, I can see where you want to go, but how are you going to do it? And, and that's where it turned me into um, the writer that I became. I was like, yeah, how am I going to do it? And, and it all started from my intuition. It really, really started from listening to the little voice inside that said, this makes sense. This feels right. So I was meeting the, the process through flow. Mihai Chiksek Mihai's concept of flow. <laughs> Who's going to go next? What you learn? I, I will say, I think that, um, I, I think that I learned, this is, this is by far the longest, um, uh, arc I've had as a dramaturg, I think. Um, and I think something that I learned, uh, is to, you know, over a, um, you know, uh, uh, over the length of this process to, to go at someone else's rhythm. Um, and in a way that's linked to me trusting your intuition, Booty, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think, you know, it's a very, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to give feedback on someone's play uh, cause you're, you're, you know, you're assessing where it is in the moment and you're trying to, you know, help them in the next draft, um, that they're working on presently to, um, to get it to as, as, you know, as good a place as it can be. It's another thing to, you know, uh, come in and you're feeling in the dark with someone else and you're following their lead and you're trying to honor their voice. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're following, uh, their kind of, uh, direction. Um, I, I was, I, I paused for a long time before talking cause I, I I've been trying to think of a, a way to say this that doesn't sound, uh, derogatory it's not meant that way at all but i think i learned a new kind of patience <laughs> um in that in that like you know you and i are, are, are we've worked together we call that a, lot, a, we call that a special kind of patience yeah. well you and i we work together a lot and i think we work together very well but we're obviously yeah. two very different kinds of writers so i think that yeah. you know there are things that i would be you know if it were my writing process i would i would go here and like address this first and I'd be like, I need to fix that mm. before I can deal with any of this stuff. And I think at, at, at mm. the beginning, like, you know, of, of, you know, in our first couple of weeks of rehearsal, I think I, I was kind of like, oh, we kind of need to address that. And then I started realizing like, no, Booty doesn't need to address that yet. He's, he's going to, he's going to, I'm going to know when he's ready to address that. It's okay to leave that mm. open. I would address that first, but he's, you know, I need to, yeah. I need to kind of wait for, to follow his lead and see what he's trying to address next. Um, Cause there are things that you're comfortable leaving undone uh, that I might want to fix. And there are things that I I'm sure if we reverse the roles would feel comfortable leaving undone that you would drive you nuts um, if you were um, mm -hmm. <laughs> in the past, in the passenger seat. So um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's a what was great about that. Goldney was that you, you did this thing where you were like, you like would say to me, Okay, this uh, yeah, this is great. I just just be aware that you know you might find later on down the line you might find some more edits. You would also go the way you would put it a little bug. Be like, there's still more you can cut. <laughs> there's still more edits you can make. But you wouldn't you wouldn't point where they would needed to happen. You you said keep mm -hmm. your mind open and keep the possibilities open that it will constantly grow and evolve. And that was really useful. Yeah, and that was those things that was like. Like I see there's something there that I, I I'm tempted to talk about, but I would sense that it's not the time to talk about it yet. Um, and, and it was, uh, I mean, it's a privilege to, to, to be able to sit alongside you, you know, day after day after day, um, for a process that was, you know, you know, started out very conceptual when we first, when we first started working on this. Um, so, 
so yeah, I think I, I learned a lot from from that from that role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a this was an interesting process uh, because this wasn't this wasn't a show like we would normally like we would normally do. Mm-hmm. This was a PhD first and foremost. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of I mean, we had the normal kind of things that would happen for a piece of theater, but there were also these new kinds of requirements and restraints and things that we had to navigate as well and kind of going, okay, normally I would do this, but I can't do that, so then what is my new role if that is not a thing that I would I would be doing? Um, and I think that was interesting for me as the director because this wasn't my project. I was attached to this project. This wasn't my idea. I was attached to this idea. This wasn't my lead or conception or um, uh, there's only so much that I could change. There's only so much that I was in charge of. So it allowed me something to, it allowed me to do something that I've been wanting to I've been thinking about a lot and exploring, wanting to explore a lot about this, this classical definition of what a director is and what a director does. Um, and I think, I think we have an idea of what acting training is. There is no, there's no methodology to directing training. Um, and so everybody's figuring it out for themselves every single time. And for me, I didn't have to be the kind of classical director here. I could actually, I could actually manage something completely different, which I'm always more interested in anyway, which is the, the audience's experience. How can I take a stranger? uh, How can I take somebody who has not been in this project and get them as close to where the four of us were in this project by the end of it? Um, Still, you know, managing space, managing expectations, managing um, artistic things. One of those being, you know, obviously the work that that you were, Booty, you were doing. But there was a, there was a, a question that I asked early on, which is, do you want me to be inside of the Balinese stuff? Do you want me to touch any of that? Do you want me to comment on any of that? And you said no. I said that's perfect. That's fine. I understand. So then my job is not the classical director's position. I, think I have some first episode as well. First yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah. And so like, exactly because it was important to, to establish yeah. what that was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. And so, so then it, it freed me up to go, okay, then if you don't have to do that, what can you now focus all of your attention on doing? And that's, that's what I, I, I did. And I focused on that and I had a really good time. Uh, doing that, so that was that was a big learning thing for me. That I will, I will struggle and f- try and figure out how to, as I have always been, figure out how to take that back into the professional stuff, the other work where that classical director definition is hovering over everything, and everybody's just looking to you for answering all the questions. Mm. Um, there's like. Two things I learned in this process. I've been trying to think about it the whole time as you guys have been giving your fabulous answers. Uh, I would say, and I noticed this more when Booty, you've, you've been sending snippets of archived rehearsal footage to the team. And I think it's truly quite remarkable how much I, well, the point that I was in when I came into this process opposed to the point I was in when I finished this process and how much I learned throughout these last three and a half to four months. But, but what was really interesting about it is, is how in the same time I've, I've moved out of home. I'm not doing university anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my career. I'm doing music all the time. So all of this brand new stimulus along with this just maelstrom of Balinese culture and African-American culture and different forms of racism and how I was 
blown away. <laughs> My worldview just exploded in this time span. And so what ran parallel with that was how I approached this show from my sound design slash compositional element process. Because there was an image that you drew very, very all in this process, that that the big, big piece of paper that traveled everywhere <laughs> with us, and that it was that this show was a big old spiral. And when I saw that, I was like, what is pretty on about? <laughs> but why are we spiraling? But I now kind of understand that better because at the start of the process – my want and desire was to design this show in a linear format, which is just not working. It, th- there was no way I could have designed the show in a linear format because there was just so much going on it, in a similar sense that I, well, me figuring out where the lines between sound design and compositional elements kind of blurred because they were very heavy compositional elements and very heavy com- sound design elements in this show. So I was trying to figure out, right, okay, how do I, approach this show where do I start designing it how do I design it and what what influences do I take in from Balinese culture and Booty's history and in my own design elements well and this all ran parallel with me coming to terms with I'm the sound designer in the room you know I'm the one that does well knows you are all professionals in your field, but I'm used to being in a room with 20 other people that know music. But all of a sudden I realized I was like, oh no, I I need to be able to communicate my ideas effectively and succinctly and acutely to those that may not be used to the terminology that I have been studying. And the example that uh, pops to mind in the show uh, was when we were discussing Booty's 9-11 experience. The dove, the dove, dubbing, was it called dove? The, the, the Duff Taylor, yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so there's this scene of the show where I, um, Booty recounts your 9-11 experience. Um, and there was a lot of discourse on how we were going to best represent that. And I think this particular... Oh, God, my housemate is... Is it tinnitus? Tinnitus, yeah. It is? Tinnitus, you said it, you did it. Tinnitus. I feel like I was getting incorrect, but um, how we originally wanted to do that particular scene very, uh, very realistically. Uh, and I would have used the term diegetically, but now I might not. Um, <laughs> oh, there he is, throwing that terminology again. <laughs> see, see, but I'm learning. Uh, that's what I'm learning. But, but, but then that went to the complete opposite end where I think someone mentioned doing them, the scene. In I mentioned that. Scene. And you, oh my and God. I, I had the trickle of blood. There was a trickle of blood that came out of your nose. (laughs) (laughs) But then we settled on this really interesting um, kind of experimental, kind of abstract version of this tinnitus sound ringing through the soundscape as a suggestion, which is juxtaposed by the black nose clowning, which I think was a beautiful moment of uh, me coming to understand where you were coming from and what this show needs and how best to represent that to the audience. Mm. So that in that show, that. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. And, and, and you learned what white fragility is. Oh my goodness. My life would never be the same. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it just seems so obvious now, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, honestly. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Everyone should- yeah. Everyone, Everyone should, should read the book. Or read the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Why fragility? No matter who, Why fragility? No matter who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, I think I I I I I'm with all of y'all in that that learning process. It and I and as I'm going through all of the videos and and working on the, the exegesis dissertation of the actual performance, I've I've been able to rekindle those moments um and really see how uh, rich the 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 research that uh, that came out of it was you know and that we've been able to embody it now from that whole four months of, of working and it's like like you said Adam it's like how do I get an audience to experience what we spent four months working on you know 
we we were able to unravel and and really investigate in 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 areas that and it was and it was never and it was never really like there it was really full of flow and it was and what was what i noticed in the, to going going back to over over the footage is like all y'all held space for me to figure out where i needed to where it needed to go and and there were these epic long moments where like i would just be monologuing things and, and all of the stuff was just like fecund it was like so many beautiful nuggets of 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 knowledge coming out like infinite knowledge coming out of me um and and i'm eternally grateful for that moment uh, those moments with y'all and i think that the the next question is what was your fa- what was one of your favorite moments it can be something that you did, something that someone else did, something that happened. What was one of your favorite moments? Could be in the performance, could be in rehearsal, could be in our check-in. <laughs> what was one of your favorite moments? I think I think I have my favorite moment. I mean, I, but we've already talked about it on the podcast, though. But I, I I have my favorite moment because I got I got one of the best directing notes I've ever received in my entire life. <laughs> Yes, yes, you did, and it was, and it, and it opened up everything else from there on out. It was an important. It was the most important note. So, for us, for those of you who hadn't heard us talk about this before, I'm going to tell you again. I received an. So, Galtney had given me this beautiful, long, well thought out uh, feedback on a improvisational video that I had done done on my own I had taken the I had taken one rehearsal day where I was just going to play and and just let things happen and and figure out what what the the movement sections of the performance were going to be and I sat us all down and we watched the whole video it was about 50 minutes long we all and then Galtner gave really long beautiful well considered feedback like like the like the diligent and respectful dramaturg that he is and then we turn to adam and i say adam do you have any notes and he, and he paused he rustled his jaw he looked left he looked down he looked forward he turned his nose up and then said what is it? <laughs> and then his face froze. And his whole, his whole call dropped. So it looked like he hung up on us. <laughs> and so then we had about 60 seconds Drop of him getting back on. <laughs> us laughing hysteric- hysterically because we're on Zoom because he's in Cairo. <laughs> and then he goes back. And then he goes back. And then he goes back to justify his question by following up and saying, I don't think conflictless theater works anywhere but in Bali. Because in Bali, people can walk out. (laughs) And then his face froze again. And his call dropped again. And he left us with that as well. And then it took about another 60 seconds for him to come back. And that, I swear, was one of the most beautiful moments ever <laughs> because we laughed so loud. And that so was when I was like, I feel like Yoko Ono right now. No one understands me. No one understands my art. <laughs> so that was that's that's one of my favorite moments. I have many, 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 many others. But that one was definitely one that just like... Kills me every time I think about it. What about y'all? I was right, by the way. I just want to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) And his video just shuts down. Where'd he go? Where's Adam? (laughs) Favorite moment in rehearsal or in performance? Doesn't have to be rehearsal. It could just be a favorite moment in the process. Could be an emerald. It could be whatever. Oh well, it was emerald. It was. It was. Yeah, it was Emerald. Um, being there, not even, I mean, we didn't, we barely worked at Emerald. Like, Emerald was, <laughs> no, was, a, was, a, was a, we had like two rehearsals. And it, and it don't was, ma- don't, don't it was say that my husband listens to the podcast. 
<laughs> I mean, it's not that we weren't working, but we didn't. We only did. We did one rehearsal outside, and mm-hmm. we did uh, one rehearsal in the kitchen, and it was it was more for you than for than for us because like it, it didn't mean anything until we got into the room. Uh, mm-hmm. That's when that's when we, we did a lot of work in the room, obviously. And as soon as I walked in that room, like I had <clears> something <throat> to do. I had a job. Um, but but the space itself, being there with uh, with you and Jack, having dinners, uh, joking, you know, coming up, dreaming, things like that. That was the that was the best part of of it for me. Um, and it, it it doesn't seem like that's part of the process, but it's all part of the process. This is the thing that I oh always God, try to so stress. Of, fast to forward to us. It, exactly. I mean, it's, it's it's not how many rehearsals you have. It's actually how much time you have in between rehearsals. Like, mm-hmm. I would rather have, if you gave me, you know, oh, I can give you three weeks of rehearsals, or I can give you two months of rehearsals, but you can only meet once a week instead of three weeks straight. I would take the two months because it's the time in between where you make those connections, you that you, you know, something that was said lands or is let go. It's that time in between, that rest time where ideas that were planted in rehearsal or or things that you're thinking about can, can kind of flourish. So for me, Emerald being there in the kitchen, we were always just in the kitchen, just cooking mm. or joking or rehearsing. Um, that, was the, that was the place for... Uh, that I, I will take away and remember the most from this process. The commune is really important. It's really important. Yeah. It, and it, we yeah. we created a, a shorthand, a physical shorthand of listening, responding, and caring for each other that, that spilled into rehearsal and the performance. Yeah. Yeah. It was special. It was special. I am going to say, and I can't, I can't really remember what was happening around this, but it's, it's something that sticks with me. Um, and I think it's the first day that I, I mean, obviously I've seen you perform with your masks before, but it was the first time I saw you with your masks as part of this process. And I think that, um, for, for the first few rehearsals, I, I was, I was kind of struggling to figure out like what, what the voice was of this piece. Like I I'd kind of, by this point had a grasp of conceptually what you were going for and the ideas that you wanted to explore, but like, how does that translate into language? Um, especially, you know, in, in the kind of, uh, you know, Bali centric portions of this uh, piece. And uh, I, I specifically remember you with the black Bima mask and, and, and you dropping into that voice and like the belly laughs that you were doing with it and watching your body transform into that, uh, that mask. And I was, and I saw that character just kind of pop, pop out and, you know, spring to life. And I was like, Oh, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I, I, I know, I know what this piece is when Booty's not speaking as booty. I, for a long time, I know you and you were playing, you know, you as a character and I had that but the rest of it I was like I, I want to know how to help and how to you know what he's going for and and I think when 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 we saw the masks start to come to life um for me that was really exciting because suddenly I, I felt like I had a window into something that I think you already felt but I, I hadn't felt in my bones yet um mm. and that was a really exciting moment for me in the rehearsal in the rehearsal room yeah, the surrender that the masks require is so important. It's so so important. Yeah. And then you then you get to leave the you know the 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 image of what people see you as and then the mask says no, you can go down here too. Try that. <laughs> yeah, that was so much fun. And it was it was it, I also I also like the um responses um when uh, we look at what happened with the full face masks and 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 Jack's soundscape of my of my storytelling, like you know how we how we use that's, that. That was that's just so my cool. moment. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, Jack. So so 
Uh, Stephen, you actually reminded me of, I had something else in mind, but this, you, you mentioned it last and I was like, oh, there's that moment. There was this, so I had, as I kind of prefaced earlier, there was just so much going on in the show and I was trying to design all these different bits and, and, and I was hoping that it would work cohesively once I had it all put together. And there was this, well, two rehearsals that Booty and I did, just Booty and I, um, about two weeks after the show. So I kind of summarized it as two weeks of weeks of rehearsals and then Emerald and then the show. But there was a Wednesday, Thursday rehearsal where it was just Booty and I, and I finally was in the space and we had the speaker and I got to play one of the full face masks, Bundra moments. I, I think it was... Uh, I want to say male intimacy, I think. Mm. And, mm-hmm. and and the mask was a fully white mask. The king mask, yeah. Um, That's your favorite one. The the king mask, yeah, yeah. And so the way that the, the, the theater worked was that all the masks were at the back of the theater. So you can go to the back with your back to the audience and prepare yourself, put the mask on, turn around, and that next scene starts. And I'm sitting there and keep in mind this entire time I've been trying to get all the design work done and it's all about the design and getting it done. And then I hear it in the space and I see you turn around and I see the king mask on you. And at at that point was when I experienced Taksu. And I actually got it. It was a tangible experience where you were so gone. Like Pity Pity was not in the room, but this mask was. And it was the most surreal experience of seeing this character just come to life with the swelling of the music and, and the energy of the music and the energy of your performance coalesced to create something new and unique. It was really special because I was the only one in the room. Stephen and Adam weren't present and it was when I was actually able to experience it and I was like that's what we're doing <laughs> wow yeah I won't forget that it that was, was amazing because really it was in the room the whole the whole atmosphere in the room changed remember the whole and atmosphere in the room we, and we started working in that atmosphere that and I was like that's it right there that's the and I could I could point to it you could feel it I could point to it you go yeah. ah yeah I understand that's ex- that's mm-hmm. what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's through and it's through the body. It's through the experience of the body, right? The the mm-hmm. transference of what did we what did we call it? The transference of physical embodiment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and like my energy was just so focused in, and it, it was it was like it couldn't have been broken. It was like all of a sudden, all I could see was just this mask, and how it moved was just so encapsulating and. Fantastic, really. And it was your music that was feeding it. <laughs> oh, thank you. I tried. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay. So we 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 we've been we've been talking a lot about um, all this wonderful things. I think it's time for us to like kind of throw some provocation, y'all. Was it too soon for that? No, fine, sure. Or do you have something else? Provocations for you? For no, us? for the uh, for the audience listening. That are that from what we've done. How could we get them to explore a project on their own? If that's the pro- part of the provocation, but something that's come come out of what we've what we've been doing. What's a great provocation to? to get someone else to attempt to do something. Well, I think the most important thing is because this is the difficulty of talking about performance that you have not seen and talking mm. about a project of which you are not a part of. So I'm, I'm imagining mm. anybody that's listening to this right now is, is enjoying this for us maybe, but because they have no idea what you did. It's kind of like well, that it's like it's mean, like describing it's like describing a song to somebody. It's the, you know like let me let me tell you about this great Beatles song that you've never heard of. 
Yeah, but we're going to the, Beatles the video are great. will be up soon. The, and, the, and the performance will be up when it's ready. So it's like they'll get an opportunity to, to see it. But I think, but it's the, we're talking about the resonance as well. Access to it. But, what do you mean? Are, are you're, you're making a movie of this and putting it in movie theaters? How are they going to see this? This is, it's a published work. It'll be a published work <laughs> that they can access. Where? How? I haven't, I haven't decided on where yet. It's, but they exactly. will. So you're talking, you're, you're talking in these parameters of like, you're talking about this amazing performance that they may or may not be able to see. That's what I'm talking about. Like, Okay, so then maybe but, we should just put this, this podcast into Patreon. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. But, but what I'm talking about is, is when we do talk about performance, when we do talk about things that you cannot see, it, it can be frustrating. It's highly frustrating. I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could have done that. I hear the enthusiasm in the artist who worked on it voice. Um, there's, a, there's a FOMO sense of like, I missed out on that thing. What I, my provocation is, based off of the podcast today, is is what we're doing right now is vital for any artist going forward on any project. It is, we spend a lot of time in rehearsal. Think about, we are very, very uh, comfortable with spending weeks or months or years working on a project. And then as soon as that project is done, we walk away from it. And then that's it. And there needs to be that time of days or weeks or months that you reflect on it as well, that you debrief like we've done today, that there is a sense of just because it is physically done, just because the project is physically not current in, currently in existence doesn't mean that it doesn't resonate, to go to the word, that, the beautiful word that you just used, resonate continuously in us, the artists, but also in our audience as well. It'd be great to connect with the audience next month, six months down the road, and see what has stayed with them and how it's resonated with them as well. That's my provocation is you as an artist, check back in on a work that, that, has, that has finished in the past. And if you can, check back in on an audience as well. I think mine is really simple. I dare you to enter your next project fully trusting all of your intuition and your impulses. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you. Ooh. A triple dog dare. Dog dare. That's the that's the highest form of dare ever. <laughs> <laughs> I triple dog dare you. Like a Christmas story. To trust your impulses. 100% on your next project. Don't second guess it. Don't apologize for it. Just stay in flow. If your heart is at peace with the impulse, you're in the right direction and see where it takes you. And journal around it. Make sure you journal around it so you, so you can actually reflect on what that experience was for you as you're archiving it. And if you don't have a project to work on, make one. Don't sit around waiting for a project to be to have an impulse in. Make one. And work with the best people you got around you, the ones you trust, the ones that can create an environment for you to be in those free spaces in your imagination. That's my provocation. I triple dog dare you. I think I'm going to build on that in this 
actually connects to something that I, after I said what I learned from this project, uh, I, I almost wanted to, and then I realized I'd already used my turn. Uh, I was like, oh, there's another thing. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's, it's also related to what you just said. Um, and that is, um, yeah, yeah, I think I learned a lot from watching you, Booty, in the role of kind of like, you know, chief creator on this project, but the playwright and the you know actor and the PhD student, as Adam said, this, you know, this is your PhD. This is very much your project. Um, and that is that um, trusting your intuition, as you said, and having, um, you know, uh, a clarity of vision um, is not at all mutually exclusive from remaining entirely open to your collaborators. And I think that um, that is something that I, I, I think, I think just when we use that terminology, I, I, I think, I think a lot of pe- people, I think a lot of people would use similar terminology to that and, and, and think of like, you know, just like an auteur who's like, doesn't, you know, doesn't take feedback well and kind of just does what they want to do. But when you use it, it it's, it, you're using it. And at the same time like you were, so open to us in the room. Um, mm. uh, you know, we all felt very, you know, very much a part of this process and, and we felt valued. Um, uh, you were, you were, you know, when an idea kind of came up, um, part of you trusting your intuition was to grab that idea. Um, and at the same time, you know, mm. part of your intuition was to swat other ideas away too. I mean, there's, there's that as well. Um, but I, I think that, you know, something that I, Stephen, playwright, playwright version of Stephen will take away from, from this is something that I really struggle with is, you know, I think sometimes as a playwright, like, it's like, you know, you have, you have an idea of what the thing's going to be when you enter the room. And then obviously, you know, you open it up to collaborators and because of the type of person I am, I, this is all very much of an internal process that I kind of don't let people see, but it's like agonizing. And I'm like, ah, I kind of, you know, do I need to kind of like put up boundaries here to make sure, you know, I protect my vision and, you know, (laughs) you know, where do I, what battles do I fight? And like, you know, what hills do I die on, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not, that's not how you trust your intuition (laughs) at all. It's to surround yourself Mm. with collaborators who are going to go on that journey with you, who also trust your intuition. Um, And I Mm. think that uh, just watching the integrity with which you're able to balance those those two you know two things that you need to have in the room i think was really instructive for me um going forward so yeah Mm. so so the provocation is to do that (laughs) so next time you are in a rehearsal room to just (laughs) constantly i just realized we were talking about provocations uh (laughs) is to just you know (laughs) remember that like this this is you know um this is a collaborative art form um, and that, you know, we, we can have both, you know, clarity of vision and, you know, full trust of our collaborators at the same time. Um, we must, or the project's not going to work. Um, so, mm. yeah. Oh, that's good. God, dude, that's a good one. Come on, Jack, bring us, bring it, take us home. Take us home. I've been thinking, I've been pondering, <laughs> I've been wondering, um, <laughs> Because I'm not usually good at the provocations thing. Uh, this is back to the first provocation I did, and I was like, "Jesus!" Uh, but this kind of is building on a bit of what Booty and Stephen had said, and what I touched on earlier is trust what your role is when you go into a project, mm. and know your role. I say that because when I came to this project. I knew that I was ah, I was the youngest member and that all the other members you had years experience on me. Old uh, ass heifers. Big old heifers. <laughs> Let me just some big old heifers. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it, it could feel a bit like, well, what do I know? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I say anything compared to these guys who are industry professionals? But, but no, I had to trust that 
that I was asked onto this project as the sound designer and composer, as the person to deal with sound. So therefore I must voice my opinions on sound when needed. And a suggestion I made, made one quarter of the entire show. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I had to trust that. And I had to trust that when you guys created an incredibly safe environment for me to be able to, you know, voice the ideas that I might have. So yeah, uh, my provocation is being fully confident in your role when going into a show. That's what I'm taking away. Mm. That's what I'm going to continue to do. I just remember this one rehearsal. I'll never forget that rehearsal that you, uh, your little driver, your little composer artist was like, I'm going to make music. And you were like in the corner, like bouncing around, bopping around, making music. There were other things going on. It was like like that little kid playing in the playground, just like whooping up and creating characters and like dancing and spinning and twirling. It was beautiful to watch. It was was inspiration at its best. It was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to witness. I was was really in the zone in that rehearsal. I I was creating the... uh, the, the, the twins music and it was really weird and I was like roll with it it's fine <laughs> yeah that was awesome well um, Adam how will we know that they did any of this well hopefully they're going to go to speakpipe.com backslash theater of others speakpipe.com backslash theater of others theater with an R-E theater all theater of others all one word leave a 90 second voice message there we'll play your message on air or you can go to podcast at theater of others we also have instagram facebook and our website are we on the gram y'all messages as you heard from last week's episode mark nanup sent us a fantastic question we answered it yeah. right there on the air for him very Hopefully good he en- very good he very enjoyed good. that thought um hey and even uh, this if, if also if anybody that's listening saw the show want to give their feedback as an audience, we can that can be part of the provocation that Adam had asked. Ah, uh, yeah, so, that'd be great. That'd be really send fantastic. Send us response. So we we know we know that we had listeners in that audience because they came up and introduced themselves to me. That was standing. <laughs> I was standing around. I was standing around and people were staring at me and waving at me like they knew me. And I was like, I don't know anybody in Australia besides Booty. Who the hell are these people? And of course, they know my voice, so they feel like they know me. And they came up and introduced themselves to me, and it was lovely to meet you all. And I was so glad that we have such loyal listeners and fans out there. So now, let's hear your feedback. So, now that you know where to go, SpeakPipe, the podcast of Theater of Others, uh, Instagram, Facebook, our website, send us some feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and how it has resonated with you. Uh, you just subscribe, 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 y'all. If you want to be a part of this party, just get us, let us, we'll come into your inbox every week. How many episodes have we done so far? 118. Is this what this this one is? This is, this is 117. This bad boy. 117. Oh my goodness. 118 weeks of us sending you content. Amazing. And if you like it, if you like it, give us. What my Uber driver would say. Do you know I'm 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 uh, I'm one week shy of twenty weeks, twenty episodes being produced. Oh, there you go. Do you know how fast that went? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? Yeah. We have we yeah. have to have a cake next. We have that. We have we have a cake next week. We have the to have cupcakes next zero. week. Cupcakes. <laughs> We're so happy. <laughs> We're so happy. You're our producer. We're so happy. Well, now I'm now more than ever, you have to give us five star, five star, five star, five star, five star, five, five star. star. Five star. Five star, five star, five star. You give me five star, I give you five star. Give our producer five stars, y'all. <laughs> We're way, we sound way better because of him. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> and his music is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's so good to see you boys. We have to do another play. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's true. It's true. Let's take a little break. Let's take a little break first. Well, send my love to all of your loved ones. There's not enough time to go around the circle. Exactly. Exactly. Take care of their dog, Adam. Take care of your dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jack, make sure you eat properly. Stop eating those junk food. 
Make sure that you cook and you eat at least one spicy meal a week. (laughs) Well, I'm having honey soy chicken skewers tonight. Okay, delicious. That had been pre-honey soy because I can't cook. (laughs) And last night I cooked them and I overcooked them because I have a phobia of salmonella with chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Cooking it, it's fine. (laughs) And Galtney, make sure you get enough rest because I know how you like to stay up late. Get enough rest. The show is almost over. Eat properly. It's true. Make Will sure you do. get some rest. Will do. And stay away from them motherfuckers with them guns shooting people at the subway station. I, I will try. I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and for the rest of y'all, we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Thanks for joining us this week on the Theater Brothers Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, theaterbrothers.org, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out, too. A special thank you to Purple Planet for the music you've heard. The Theater Brothers creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purposes of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question. To join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task and requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? Be sure to tune in next week for our next journey.